want to bring some things, uh, or as I was preparing this service, um, reading the scriptures and looking at communion, my, my mind really went to the, the aspect of Jesus carrying the cross. And that, that just kept coming out. And so this message kind of comes from that. Also take note, even in the scripture I read, that Jesus had help carrying the cross. Now I know that many people here, and, and the type of ministry that I'm in, I meet with and, and visit a lot of people who I know who are carrying burdens, who are facing difficult situations, needs, who have heavy hearts. I know that. But more importantly, God also knows. I want to look quickly at a scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. We read these words of Jesus. Come to me, all who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and I will, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Lord, we just pause, and as we look into your word briefly this morning, that God, you would both open it to us and open our hearts to hear from you, your spirit, I pray, and that, God, you would be glorified through everything said and done. In Jesus' name. The invitation here is to those who labor, who are heavy laden. The idea, again, is those who are weary, who are under a, a heavy burden or a load. The invitation is to come to me, Jesus says. This is a gracious invitation. One of the commentators I read put it that way, a gracious invitation. God doesn't have to invite us, but he does to come to him. The invitation is to come to Jesus and he will give them, give us, give you rest. There's an echo here of Jeremiah 31.25 that says, for I will satisfy the weary soul and every languishing soul I will replenish. There is in coming to Christ, in coming to God, that he renews and restores. And that's the idea of this phrase. Jesus is talking to people here who, under, who are under a burden of laws and rules and regulations of the Pharisees so heavy that they could never keep them all. They could never be free from sin because they could never obey all the laws and all the rules. They were under a heavy burden of guilt and shame, the punishment for sin. It was a heavy burden that they had that we have, that mankind has. That we could not do anything about it. We're loaded down. Mankind is loaded down with that burden every day, all day, day after day. But Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The yoke here is something that's put on an animal to help it pull loads and Jesus' yoke is not the laws and rituals and rules of the Pharisees and the law, but, but was and is forgiveness. It's new life. It's a relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. Now, I think it's important to note that this isn't a free ticket to do whatever we want. We don't come to Christ, receive that salvation, and then just live and do whatever we want. We get through Christ. This table reminds us of the price that was paid we get the forgiveness of sins. We no longer have to fear death or punishment. Jesus took our punishment for sin. We can now know freedom, life, and hope through him. 
Now, this yoke, it's a partnership. It's a partnership of walking with Christ, sharing the load, that work together. Now, we still have, as Christians, responsibilities and a work to do, but it's not the load of sin that loads the people down and that they can do nothing about. What we are now called to do and to be, we're not called to do or be alone, but partnering with Christ who walks with us. His Spirit lives within us. Many today find themselves burdened and weary, spiritually and even in life, in circumstances and situations. For those that don't know Christ, who haven't come to Him to receive Him as Savior and Lord, that, that's the forgiveness of sin. Freedom from guilt and shame. The fear of death. He, he washes all that away. and gives us new life. He gives us hope in Him. All we have to do is to believe and receive it. It is a free gift. I am still amazed in the wonder of God and His free gift. But I am so thankful for it. Can you say amen? But in living our Christian life, I know that there are many Christians who still find themselves in this life, in situations, in circumstances that can be burdensome and heavy. So what do we do? The title of this message is, To Be or Not to Be? That is the question. I want to look at Romans 12, verse 12, and look at three points really quickly. Romans 12, verse 12 says this, Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. The first, be glad. Here's like the, um, well, being glad, at some point it is still a choice. Like the emoji, the, the little emotions you can put on a text or a message, you can pick and choose what one you want. So in life, and being glad in the Lord is still in part a choice that we can choose. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, you can't really narrow them down, but I love the story of Paul and Silas. It has always fascinated me since I was a young person. In Acts chapter 16, we have Paul and Silas who are preaching the gospel. Then they were accused, they were arrested, they were charged, they were beaten and thrown into prison. But not just any cell, the deepest, darkest part of the jail. And then that wasn't enough. Their feet were put in stocks so that they were left sitting there in the filth. They couldn't move. But the scripture says in verse 25 that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I think one of the things that has always stirred me about this story is, would that be me? After all that took place, and sitting in the filth of that prison cell, would I be able to sing songs of praise to God? I would hope to say that I could and would. Now understand here that this is not about being glad in the physical hurt or the suffering or the pain. It's not about being glad and, and, and being glad in that. It's about being glad in Christ Jesus. Being glad of, of what we do have, not what we don't have. It's about God is in this. 
God has this situation. He has me in his hand. Therefore, he has everything that's involving me in his loving hand. It's about being glad in that, in him. Amen? It's about who we are in Christ. Our circumstances, our hardships, our difficulties do not define who we are. We are defined by this table and what it represents. The broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. The world may say something different. Other people may say something different. We may even think because of our circumstances something different. But that is not who we are. We are purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ and we are loved by God. This table reminds us every month of the love of God and how much he loves you. That he was willing to give, to sacrifice his very self for you. Now there's some misunderstandings and maybe this really happens in developed countries more than others, but sometimes Christians in Christianity, we think that Christianity should be easy. It should be hassle-free. Many get upset, even mad at God, discouraged and weary because they face difficulties in life. And they think that life, that the Christian life, should be without any problems. That's not what Jesus promised. What he did say in John chapter 16, he said this, Behold, the hour is coming and indeed has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet Jesus says this, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Then he goes on to say, I have told you these things. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the The things of this world are are temporary. The things of God are eternal. Sometimes we get that mixed up. And we get our focus in the wrong place. The things of this world, even tribulations, are temporary. But what we have in God, in Christ Jesus, are eternal and everlasting. Jesus says to Simon in Luke 22, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. I've often wondered, is Simon the only one that Satan has ever wanted to sift as wheat? Has anyone here ever felt going through something that you've been sifted by the enemy? But the words go on here and say, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. We have one who is before the throne of God interceding for us, representing us. We have one who's on our side, who we can put our faith and our trust in. Amen? And rest in him. Paul went through many sufferings, even like we read earlier. Not all of them were for even just being persecuted for preaching the gospel. He went through some difficulties. 2 Corinthians 11 talks about him being shipwrecked. Three times he was shipwrecked. A day and a night he, sent, he spent drifting in the open sea. He was on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, in danger from robbers, in danger in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger at sea, in toil and hardships, through many a sleepless night, 
in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. This was a man that went through a lot, not just for the gospel, but just in living at that time and in that age. And yet he kept the faith to the very end. He trusted God to the end. We read in 2 Corinthians 12 about his thorn in the flesh, and you probably know the story and can read it there. This messenger of Satan that came to harass him. But what does God say to him? Paul prays earnestly three times that it would be taken away. What does God say? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now that's something to be glad about. Amen? That's something that we can be glad in, that God is with us, and he will give us the grace and the strength to face and to go through anything. Anything. Now, I'm not saying that God makes these things happen, and I want to make that clear. We live in a fallen world, and it is affected with sickness and disease and calamities that happen. We also live in a world of men, women, who have a free will that make choices. Sometimes those choices have consequences. Sometimes we make bad choices and we have consequences to that. Or sometimes other people make choices and do things that affect us. That's not God. But God doesn't leave us when times get hard and difficult. We also have a spiritual enemy who is against us. We read in 1 Peter 5, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Church, be glad. The next B is to be patient. Um, I'm not going to say a whole lot about this. I'm going to wait until the end of the message. That's a little joke about patience, okay? For me, when I look at patience, and again, briefly, to me, it's strongly related to trust, trusting in God, believing that he's got this. Now, you know, many of you could probably quote Proverbs 3, where we read, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. But we often don't read the next verses, which say this. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Being patient in God, trusting in him, yielding to him, can make burdens 
lighter. By yielding to Him, He can refresh you, restore in you. We can find spiritual and even physical refreshment when we are not trying to work things out in our own way, to solve it. Sometimes our weariness comes when we hold on to things and we try to solve it. We try to work it out. You have to give the burden to God. Give the situation to God and allow Him to work it out. The pressure we put on ourselves when we try to hold on to things or to solve things, trying to deal with things in our own way, the pressure that we put on ourselves, let go. Let go. Give it to God and rest in Him. Be patient. Be patient. Trusting that He's got you and He will work it out for His glory and for His honor. Lastly, be prayerful. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, Rejoice always. Again, here's be glad. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When we are going through difficulties and hard times, the natural, the human tendency is usually to pull away. People pull away from from church. They pull away from Christians around them, Christian influence. They pull away from godly influences, Bible reading, prayer, God himself. But when we are going through tough times, that's when we need to push in, push on. We need to choose to draw closer, to get out to church, Christian activities, Christian fellowship, godly influences in our life throughout the day, Bible reading, prayer, seeking God, drawing near to Him. Tendency is to pull away, but we need to press on in Him if we are going to find the freedom and the joy that He offers us. To press on in Him, drawing near to Him. James 4 says that He will then draw near to us. backpack. I know that at times, and I know even in this room, there are many that have burdens and loads that they carry. Pastor Derek, would you come up and help me for a minute? Sometimes what we do is we we take our burden and we lay it down. But then what do we do? We give it to God in prayer, maybe even at an altar, And then we stand up and we take it with us. And I know, I know some situations that we lay it down, but maybe it's a situation that you're going to walk out of these doors and you're going to be walking with. It might be something physical. It might be in, even in your home, a situation or work. And I know that you still feel attached to the load. That it's not just easy just to leave it. I understand that. And I understand that, that sometimes we're going to have to keep laying it down throughout the day. That we feel that weight again and we're going to have to say, God, I give it to you. 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 Sometimes our failure is 
that we leave it with God or that we need to leave it with God for him to work it out. We have to surrender it. It's heavy, but you're strong. Derek is going to represent God, that we give it to him, and we let him carry it. He might have a different plan or a different place of where he wants to put it or take it or what to do with it, different than me. But God's ways are not always our ways, and God's thoughts are not always our thoughts. And we have to surrender that sometimes God's going to do something that might be different than us. How many people enjoy that? How many people love when someone else has a different idea than you? It's not easy. And it's not always easy with God either. But to lay it down, to give it to him means to surrender it. And in that surrender, and that's not weakness, we can find the greatest freedom and joy when we give it and we surrender it. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It's not always easy, but it's a partnership. This yoke that we take on is a partnership that God helps us carry it, but he has to take the lead. It's not us telling God what to do, it's us giving it to him and saying, your will be done to accomplish what he wants to do for his glory. Paul and Silas were singing, not because they were in prison and happy where they were, but because God was with them, and God was going to work a miracle. He was going to take this situation and turn it around for something good. That's what we need to do. And sometimes throughout the day, we need to keep doing it and reminding. We need to change our whole way of thinking. If we have spent years carrying a load, then it might take some time to surrender it and keep surrendering it and leaving it with God and trusting in him. Sometimes, thank you, Pastor Derek. It's heavy though, isn't it? Sometimes it's our view of God. Sometimes we have a, a view of who God is. And we kind of tuck God in the problem. God kind of gets lost in there. Because we're so focused on the problem that it's hard to see God sometimes. And so we have this heaviness and this burden. But I want you to know that our God is a great God. That he is bigger than our problems. Amen? Amen. And we need to lay it down. at the foot of the cross because we serve a great God, a great God who is. I want, to wa I want you to watch this video as we close the service. God's nature never changes. He is and he will always be. He is who he is. That's what his name Jehovah even means. It means I am. Yahweh means he is. He's God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is. He is. He is. 
Judge, Creator. Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. El Elyon, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord, Master. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elah, the Everlasting God, the God of Eternity, the God of the Universe, the God of Ancient Days. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He is the Shiloh, the Peacemaker. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner, the Lord my miracle. He is Kana, jealous. He is Jehovah Enkadash, the Lord who sanctifies you, the Lord who makes holy. He is, he is a star, a scepter out of Israel, the cursed of God, the captain of the host of the Lord. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of powers, the rock of my salvation. My salvation. He is the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds. He is the day's moon, the interpreter, my rock and my redeemer. He is crowned with the crown of pure gold, the most blessed forever. He is the forsaken, the worm, and no man. He is Jehovah Ra. He is my restorer, the king of glory. He who sitteth king forever he is a stranger and an alien. My strong rock, my rock in my fortress. Fairer than the children of men, the rock that is higher than I. The rock of my strength, the rock of habitation. He is as rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. The rock of my heart, the, the shield, shield, the rock of my refuge. The king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. A brother born for adversity, the friend that loveth at all times. A stone of grace, a friend that seeketh closer than a brother. He is his ointment poured forth, my well-beloved. A bundle of mercy, a cluster of henna blooms. The Rose of Sharon. He is the Lily of the Valley. The Lily of the Valley. The chiefest among ten thousand. His countenance is as Lebanon. Yea, he is altogether lovely. He is my beloved and my friend. He is holy, holy, holy. He's a sanctuary. The great light. A son given. The mighty God. The Father of eternity. He is a child born, the Prince of Peace, an ensign of the people, the nail fastened in a sure place, a strength to the poor, strength. the strength to the needy in distress, a shadow from the heat, a refuge from the storm. He is the rock of ages, a crown of glory and beauty. He is a stone, a triad stone, a covert from the tempest, from the tempest. He is as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land, as a hiding place from the wind. He is the king in his beauty, my leader, the everlasting, the everlasting God. He is mine elect, in whom my soul delighted. He is a light of the Gentiles, the covenant of the people, the polished shaft, glorious. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is a man of sorrows, despised, He's rejected. He is stricken, smitten. He is wounded, bruised. He is oppressed. He is my portion, my maker, my husband. He's the God of the old earth, the witness to his people, the leader, the commander, the redeemer. He is mighty. He is my physician. Jehovah Sid Canoe, the Lord our righteousness. David, their king, their king. My resting place. My feeder. The plant of renown. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He is the prince of princes. The Messiah. The prince. The strength of the children of Israel. The, the hope, hope of, of thy people. people. The ruler. He is king over all the earth. He is a refiner's fire. Polar's soap. 
my refiner, my purifier, purifier, the son of righteousness. He is Jesus, Yeshua, salvation, Emmanuel, God with us. He is born as the king of the Jews. He is a governor, the Nazarene, as the bridegroom. He is meek, lowly. He is the one of whom the Father says, My beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. The Son of the living God, Jesus the Christ, the, the Rock, the Builder, the Prophet of Nazareth. He is betrayed, mocked, crucified, the Holy One of God, my brother, the Carpenter, and his life is a ransom. He is the Son of the Blessed, the Son of the Highest, God my Savior, the Horn of Salvation, the day spring from on, on high, a Savior which is Christ the Lord, the salvation of God. He is the glory of thy people Israel, Lord of the Sabbath, my healer, the Christ of God, my servant, the chosen of God. He is risen, he is risen. a prophet mighty indeed and word. He is the word, the word that was with God, the word that was God, the light of men, the true light, the word that was made flesh. He is the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. The Lamb of God. My teacher. teacher. The gift of God. God. He is Messiah. The bread of God. The bread of life. He is my meat. My drink. The light of the world. The door of the sheep. The The good good shepherd shepherd that that laid down his life. The scent of the Father. He is the resurrection. The king of the daughter of Zion. The cord of wheat. He is the light. The light. My Lord, Master. My example. He is the way, the truth, the life, the vine, scourged, crowned with a crown of thorns, crucified as the king of the Jews. He is exalted, glorified, the holy one and the just, the prince of life, the anointed, the prince and his savior. He is Lord Jesus. He is Lord of all, the judge, Jesus of Nazareth, the mercy seat, Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the firstborn among many brethren. Over all, God blessed forever. Lord over all, the deliverer. deliverer. Lord both of the dead and living. The minister of the circumcision. He is my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption. He is the foundation, my Passover, the spiritual rock, the head of every man, the first fruits of them that slept. He is the last hour, the quickening spirit, the image of God, his unspeakable gift, my peace. He is the offering, he is the sacrifice, the head over all things to the church. He is he that filleth all in all. He is a servant who humbled himself unto death, even death on a cross. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, creator of all things, the The firstborn from the dead, the head of the body, the church, the head of all principalities and powers. He is my all in all. He He is is our Lord Lord. Jesus Christ himself. He is Lord of peace. He is our Lord of hope. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is the justified, the mediator, the righteous judge, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is obedient and his throne is forever and ever. And ever. He is the upholder of all things, the express image of his person, the brightness of his glory. He is Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever, the shepherd of the sheep, the great shepherd that was brought again from the dead. He is a minister in the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle and his flesh is the veil which which was wrapped in two. He is the altar, the offerer, the forerunner for us. Entered even Jesus. He is the priest, the the high priest, the great high priest, the intercessor.
intercessor, the surety, the covenanter. He is the captain of salvation, the author and finisher of faith, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. He is crowned with glory and honor. He is the tempted, the merciful, the faithful. He is holy, harmless, undefiled. He is the shepherd. He is the perfect. He is my helper, the lamb without blemish and without spot, the living stone. He's a cheap cornerstone. He is a precious stone. He is guileless. He is vile. He is the chief shepherd that shall again appear. Today's star, my savior. He is the word of life. He is the life. He is that eternal life which was with the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the righteous, the savior of the world, the true God, true God, the advocate. He is the advocate. Jesus Christ. He is the first begotten of the dead. He is the Prince of the Kings of the Earth. He is. He is the Almighty, which is, which was, which is to come. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the first and the last. He is he that liveth. He is the tree of life. He is the hidden manna. He is the faithful and the true witness. I don't belittle anyone's problems or difficulties. But I also won't belittle the God we serve and the God who is able to meet and to minister. Amen?